0: Broncos 27, Giants 13. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by DraftKings I'm your host Bobby Skinner. Here with my co-host Justin Penick and I'm so sick of starting every single year with Beck. Beck starts this podcast off every single year. 10 out of the le- uh, last 11 season openers the Giants have lost and since we've been doing this podcast it's been 3 years in a row with uh, losses and it's frustrating because the expectations, may, maybe, you know, they didn't don't win this game, but the expectations were higher than what we saw today or yesterday when you're listening. Justin, how are you?
1: Uh, I'm demoralized, Bobby Skinner, really. I'm demoralized. I'm disheartened, Um, you know, to see MetLife Stadium with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And you said they were showing it on the TV broadcast, but it was obviously apparent sitting at the stadium too. 6 minutes left in the fourth quarter seeing more orange jerseys in the stands than blue jerseys and this is not me blaming the fans i think some people on twitter took it that way it's not me blaming the fans it's just a reality that we're in the month of september and it almost feels like we were in december of 2019 where we're back in that same spot of you know having more opponent jerseys in the stands than our than our actual home home jerseys and it's so disheartening because it was such an exciting tailgate it was such an awesome day with everybody that stopped by in the parking lot to hang out and tailgate and just even just walking around the parking lot and going to various different tailgates that I went to. The energy was awesome pregame. Fans were excited getting into the stands. Even, you know, the, the energy that was during the game when the Giants were actually in and, and they were winning for a little bit. You know, it was awesome. The energy was there and just the way that it finished off in the second half and um, the way that it went down, it's it's disheartening. It's it really is disheartening. So you mentioned ten out of the last open uh, ten out of the last eleven openers have resulted in a loss, and um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it because that's what we do.
0: Yeah, and so if this is your first time listening to a game recap podcast, we'll talk about the offense first, and then we'll move on to the defense. So we're not we're not avoiding the defense. Where do you want to start with the offense? Because I feel like it just kind of has to start with scheme because that's kind of been the talk of the off season. You know, cause I, I like, we were very anti Jason Garrett last year. And I am very like, you know, I'm patient. I'm a patient person. But the morning after the season ended last year, January 4th, I tweet out fire Jason Garrett. They should have fired Jason Garrett. And there's more to it than just Jason Garrett, but it's, it's the exact same as last year. That's the issue is that there's better players, but it's the exact same as last year. I mean, it is comical how much they run the stick concept, how much they run the quick game. Like, it, it is it is insane. And they couldn't run the ball well. They were kind of getting baited into running the ball and, and running into stacked boxes. um, And they kind of just, like, didn't even use... Like, they, they paid Kenny Galladay $17 million a year to be this contested catch wide receiver, and they didn't use him until garbage time. They didn't use him. Like... You you got this guy to make contested catches on the sidelines, and they're just like, "Nah, we're actually not going to do that." The only shot they took all game, besides the last seconds of garbage time, was an offsides. Why does it take an offsides for the Giants to take a shot? That's what's so frustrating. And on that shot, you see that it worked, okay, and it didn't work because it was a shot. Like it was like their mindset was like, "Okay, now we could take a free play," but it's it's this offensive scheme is. Like, just like, no, nope, we are, we are not an aggressive offense. They run stick, stick, stick. It is, it is crazy. You know, Daniel Jones was really good in the RPO read option. Didn't do any of that stuff. It's just like, you know, we weren't, um, you know, we weren't like part of the people saying like, oh, it's just preseason. They're hiding everything like, no, it's going to be close to the same, but I didn't expect it to be this similar. Like it's the exact same. It's no different. If not, if anything, it's a little worse because they weren't using Daniel Jones legs.
1: Yeah, um I don't really have a problem with the schematic part of it because the Giants were moving the ball. I mean, Daniel Jones in the first half Bobby was 9 for 12 with 111 yards and a touchdown with two explosive plays. One of them was a score that went to Sterling Shepard and then the other one was the, you know, the 40-yard throw to Darius Slayton on that, you know, on that first offensive drive. So, you know, really when the game was kind of going when the Giants were rolling a little bit when they were actually on the field, I wasn't mad at how they were moving the ball because they were moving the ball. But here's what I was frustrated with. And this is, yes, this is Jason Garrett. So I was upset with the play calling and particularly with the first down ineffectiveness, where the Giants did not run a lot of offensive plays today, you know, and especially in w- when we're talking about non garbage time. All these stats that I'm going to talk about are non garbage time stats. You know, frankly, I left with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. I didn't see any of it. I'm not counting it, you know? So eight rushes today or let me even say this. The Giants on first and 10 today before garbage time. There was a total of 15 first and 10 plays that they had today before garbage time. Eight of those were rushes that went for 2.13 yards per carry. Seven of those were passes that went for 8.86 yards per carry. Bobby, I think it was clear and apparent early in the game. You know, Saquon Barkley had like four, four carries for 10 yards at the end of the first half. And I already read you off Jones's first half stats that they were really good. I think it was clear and apparent early in the game that running the ball in general, but especially running it on first down, was not going to work. And that those eight wasted plays that the Giants had in quarters one through four, when the game was relevant, those eight wasted plays, frankly, in my opinion, that was the difference in the game. You know, obviously we could talk about Jones's fumble, which I tremendously hurts. That is the game. That is the play that, you know, turns this game upside on its head. But those eight wasted plays where they just continued, continued to run the ball on first and 10, where it just sets you up in such a bad spot, where if you throw a second and long incompletion, then you're in a third and a manageable eight. That's what irks me the most about Jason Garrett this game. And we could talk about Jones too, but that's what irks me the most about Jason Garrett, is that we just wasted eight plays today. Um...
0: I can't get as because it's like last year. I remember Pittsburgh, like they just were running the ball into stack boxes. Denver, I will give them credit. You know, their coaches get paid too. They did a good job of doing their two high safety looks, and then as the Giants were getting ready to snap the ball, they had their safety, like rolling down into the into the box. So the Giants had favorable fronts to run at, and they were like baiting them into it, and then they would have that plus one stack box look. So like I'm not as mad. Like there was times where it just like why'd you run the ball here? I'm not as mad as that. It's that, but like okay, you're doing that. The read option worked really well. Yeah. Last year, and they did. Remember, I remember week three last year going into it's like we we are one of two teams that have ran zero read option, zero read option. Then they start running it, and it was like some of their best plays of the year were off of that. They didn't do that. They didn't run any RPO with it you know after the first drive they didn't use Tony Kadarius Tony at all until you know till the last drive of the game which that it hurts just... so much by the way you that's how you follow up a
1: 40 yard play uh, granted if the play works then we're you know if he gets a 5 yard gain on first down and it's a little pass which that bothers me by the way that they count that as a pass and not a run um you know it was a, it was a negative 6 yard play following an explosive play you just can't have that and that ends the drive that that is a drive killer on a, a fir, again, first down inefficiency, that is a drive killer. And it followed up what was a beautiful, explosive play. And then they go three and out after that. So that's so, again, it's just, you know, the disheartening is going to be the word of this
0: episode. So. right, So but it's just, even, okay. So, like, you know, you mentioned running the ball. It's okay, you know, second and eight or whatever. Like, it's not the end of the world. But then it's like, okay, well, we run stick concepts and we're basically forcing ourselves into third down. Right. And. Like that—that's the issue. That's like I think our biggest issue with Garrett is that like it's not that you run stick. It's that it's you're you want to sustain a long drive every single drive, and that just doesn't work. And today is a perfect example of that. As stuff happens, and it seems like with this offense with Jason Garrett, that it's just like all right, one one play screws it all up. Like Kadarius Tony getting a, a five yard loss on that play shouldn't end the drive. But guess what? Because they want to gain yards, you know, get like get back to like third and eight or third and nine, they run a draw play get you know against a against like a a even box and then okay now they have third and 18 well now the drive's over you had that 42 yard pass now the drive's over and let's I mean let's go through the drives um which we can talk with Jones you know the second one you have the sack on third down that was a stick concept now I will give them credit they were trying to run it out and up with Saquon Barkley but that's a long developing play to not have anything else tagged into it that just in case you don't get there and then Nate Solder gives up a sack on third down which was embarrassing the third drive, they scored the touchdown. The fourth drive, the end of that that end of the half drive, was embarrassing. Like that's the most embarrassing drive of the, uh, like like part of the game for the offense after game. the turnover. Yeah, they get the turnover, and I get like not going balls to the wall right there. Like they ran it on first down there. I get it. You kind of maybe want to get the clock running, but on second down, you know they run that play action. You know, flat to Elijah Penny. Like you're playing with fire there. Because you're you're turning your back in the end zone, which can get you a safety. But what pisses me off the most is that it is third and eight, third and eight, and they run a stick concept that's four five yards short of the first down. And 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 like you know what you knew what look they were going to give you too. It was not like that. It was like supposed to work, and they they surprised you with something. You knew from pre snap that you're going to throw the ball to Kyle Rudolph in the flat, and Kyle Rudolph was not going to turn that into a first down. Yeah, you that knew that was going to happen. That was, happen. They that flat was so out just, bad. They flat out gave up on that drive. And at the time, they were win- they were winning the game. They were winning the game 7 3. And then now at the end of the half, they're losing the game 10 7. And then the Broncos get the ball back.
1: And you know, you give them the ball back. and It was a good, it was actually a really good pump by Riley Dixon. So what? Broncos get the ball back at around the 35, 40 yard line, so to speak. And. You know, that they had an opportunity right there to get momentum even more. I mean, the momentum was on their side. You forced the turnover after the Broncos were driving. You put together a big explosive play for a score, and you held the Broncos to three points anyway, despite them driving the ball really well. And then you have those three plays. So, you know, you could point to uh, a lot of areas in this game, you know, where, where it's like, oh, well, they, they lost it there. They could have had it there. And, you know, it's, uh, it's the same old, same old for
0: this for this Giants team. But that third down that third down play call was really – because it wasn't trying, they were not trying no. to get a first down on that play call. Like they flat out were like, "We want, like, we want to crank forty seconds off the clock." Like they also would have been better off running the ball. Like, I, like I'm not yeah. even like I know if, if they would have ran the ball and not got it, we would have everyone would have been pissed off at that. But like by what the defense showed them, they would have been better off running the ball than throwing that. right You know.
1: Play. And here's what I think: even though the offensive line, by all standards and by our expectations pregame, actually had a really good game. I'm thinking to myself right there, well, in a way, I almost don't even blame them because if Daniel Jones does take a sack right there, it's a safety. If Daniel Jones does fumble right there, it's a touchdown for the Denver Broncos. So it's almost bad that they've brainwashed me into thinking that its offensive line can't hold their guys for more than two and three quarters of a second. And if they do, well, Daniel Jones is a sitting duck back there, and that's two points or seven points for the Broncos. So that, it's it's just so... It, that you know that series of, of events was just so unfortunate. So do you want to keep going through the drives, or, or what?
0: Well, I, well, let's talk about Daniel Jones, and I'll finish it off with the scheme stuff in a second. We'll just talk about Daniel Jones' individual performance. It's just so frustrating, and I started off with this, I'll finish off with that. They paid Kenny Galladay $17 million, and it's week one, and you know, it's there will be overreactions in this episode that we'll look back at and, and say we were wrong about this. But it's so frustrating that they paid this guy, and they said, like, no, we're not taking shot plays. We're not taking, like... like if, if the Broncos don't jump off sides on a third and five, the Giants don't throw the ball more than 20 yards one time. Seriously. Yeah. Like, they don't. The, the the only other time was that Kenny Galladay, like, you know, fourth and long, like, they just kind of threw in the back of the end zone. Like, if if the Broncos do not jump off sides on third and five, and trust me that on third and five, they weren't running all go balls. Um, with what you... That they don't take, they don't throw the ball over 20 yards one single time. And that's what's frustrating. And that is what... You know, and I wasn't expecting the most aggressive game, like you know, coming into this game. My talking points was like, honestly, like I don't think you need to be super aggressive in this game the way Denver plays their defense. But like, I wasn't talking about that. Uh, now let's talk about Daniel Jones, twenty-two of 59 percent, two hundred sixty-seven yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, six carries, twenty-seven yards, one touchdown, the fumble. And in an offense where you can't have errors, that fumble was killer. Like that, that like that. At the time, the game was seventeen to seven. They there's a good chance they score a touchdown there, in the game seventeen fourteen. They and were on their and, way. You, and you've got yourself a ball game. Like they were moving the ball on that drive, and it's so frustrating because if you watch the play, like he braces for contact, he puts two hands on, like like in like before the fumble has like happens. I'm in my mind saying like, good job, two hands on the ball, and he just fumbles. And it's how do you evaluate that? You, you know, can't. like, like the, like the, you know, we can evaluate the way he throws the ball and accuracy and and moving the in the pocket, which I actually thought he did a good job of, and his athleticism and bad decisions. How do you? I just don't. I don't like. What am I supposed to say after that? Like, I just don't know what to say. But it continues to happen with fumbles. Like, what am I? I don't know. It's just frustrating that, like, if you know, beside, well, he did have some couple dangerous passes in the end yeah. of the game, but they are also they were going. You know, they're trying to win the game at the end, but. That was just like, ah, like, come on, dude. It's like, it it seems like that's like the Daniel Jones story that it's like this, those one, two things where it's like, what, what the hell? Like, what the hell? There's no reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. That fumble killed the game. It it, it really There, You're driving well. They threw
1: the ball. Well, that drive Saquon Barkley started off that drive with the five yard run on first down, which Saquon had two five yard runs today. And that were the two longest runs that he had of the day. Um Bobby Skinner also quick note, Daniel Jones was the team's leading rusher again by one yard. He had one yard more than let's see him. how long we keep this going. Can yeah, we what
0: <laughs> we need to go back and find out what it lasted to last year. But last year it lasted to like week twelve. Let's see how long we can keep the Daniel Jones leading rusher stuff. Yeah,
1: going so uh, you know again, feel feeling like we're in twenty twenty. Um Ship had another play on that drive where they were driving down the field with yards after the catch. It went for twenty yards. Um, I believe if I'm just counting right on the top of my head, not counting garbage time, I think the Giants had a total of three explosive plays. There were no runs of 10-plus yards. The longest run that they had today was eight yards. That was Daniel Jones not on the fumble play. That run was seven yards. And then the 20-yard play to Shep, the, the big touchdown to Shep, and then the Darius Slayton big big play. Um, Slayton had an eight-yard catch on a first down too. Um, scramble and fumble came after a great series of events where Barkley ran for three yards on a third down, which I love them running on that third and two, that's when you're supposed to run the ball. You know, where my critique of like, oh, running on first and 10, running on first and 10, you're supposed to like, hey, Jason Garrett, set yourself up in a good spot. So if you want to have, if you want to get to third down every single drive, running on third and short, and that's where you can kind of ground and pound where maybe a defense is expecting a pass and then there's less guys in the box. And that was a great individual effort on the offensive line and Saquon two. So that's when you're supposed to run the ball on third and short. So that, that came in. So right after that play, on that first down, that's when Jones fumbled. So, you know, how are you supposed to evaluate it? You can't. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I, I feel that's why I don't think we're ever going to be a show that I'm sorry if you want us to rip apart Jones. You can't have it. It's absolutely unacceptable. Like, we cannot have the turnovers. You can't. He said the same thing in the preseason. This offense is not good enough at putting themselves in positions to score points on a consistent basis, so whenever you do make those mistakes, they are huge, and they are magnified, and they are unacceptable. So we are at a point where Jones can't make those mistakes, but we're never going to be a podcast that's going to say, this guy sucks, and get this guy out of here, because of the circumstances that are surrounding him, and also, what do you like? how are you supposed to like it? Just don't fumble the ball. That's the critique. That's the solution and it's crazy it's
0: it's it's week one you know week 17 if we're kind of having these conversations then it's like okay like let's talk about quarterbacks this offseason but it's like after you know we're can let me give you 10 seconds of like like i can't do it i can't even fake do it
1: um (laughs) i feel i I, in, in all seriousness i feel bad for him
0: i really do well, it's what's frustrating is that like one turnover like wrecks the entire game. That's yep. what's frustrating, and that's our issue with the offense is that it's just like you everything has to go perfect. Yep. And what and versus the Eagles last year, week ten, everything went perfect, and they put up a whopping twenty seven points. You know, like that's that's our biggest gripe is that like everything has to be perfect, and and it's just you can't expect that. Even if like I don't know, it's just so frustrating. Uh, but but he does deserve a lot of criticisms for that. Like it's just does. like. Let's, let's go through the drives, though. Like, you know, the first one, you you have the bomb play. Then you have the Kadarius-Tony negative yard play. Then they give a draw to Devontae Booker on second and 15 negative yards. And so you're third and 17, not converting that. Um, the second one, they ran stick with Saquon on an out and up, which is a long-developing play, but tagged that with something. You know? And so it, it's then they get a sack on third down. The third drive, they get a touchdown. The fourth drive is the end of the half. They're not even trying to score, and then the fifth drive after the you know the Broncos score a nice long play, he fumbles, and then that's basically like the game's essentially over at that point, you know. Um, so that's can you read the ad by the way? Yes, I can read the ad. Um, we'll get to the offensive line and stuff like that. You know, maybe
1: final points on Jones. It's, It's unacceptable, but you know the offense moved the ball well, and again, like usual, he didn't get much help. So um kind of the yeah, same we're not gonna bench
0: him for Glennon. it doesn't mean that we're like like yeah like jones he deserves a, bl- a good amount of blame for this game but we're not benching. yeah
1: him for and Glennon. really and really the only other point is you know hey devontae booker made a crazy one-handed catch that ball was a little inaccurate um he threw into a triple coverage with saquon barkley i believe in the red zone that could have been picked off so i mean any other critiques that we got to get out of, the, you know got to get out of the way
0: um no We'll talk. We could talk about the O line read the ad because we can talk about the O line. All right,
1: fantasy football is here. Football season is here. Lamar Jackson is fast, but you know who's faster? Daniel Jones. And your girl running out of the bedroom when she sees that man turf growing around your end zone. Ooh, fun metaphor. Keep that field trimmed with the sponsor of today's show Manscaped the leader and below the waist grooming. They just launched their performance package 4.0. Join the two million men worldwide, including. Bobby and myself, who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for twenty percent off, plus free shipping with the code Giants. And good news, this is actually big news because we have a very big international crowd. For our international listeners, their life-changing products are now available in Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside that Performance Package 4.0, you're going to find a Walmart 4.0 trimmer. Weed Whacker for your ear, nose hair trimmer. I need that nose hair trimmer. Crop Preserver, ball deodorant. I need it after today. I was a little shreddy and schwitzen at MetLife Stadium today. Crop Provider Toner, ball performance, boxer briefs, and a travel bag don't forget crop preserver boldy owner and the crop reviver they're going to help your little bench warmers to be on their a game while feeling the sun's heat which i was feeling today manscaped even threw in their two free gifts in their performance package 4.0 manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag shed travel bag is actually very helpful when you travel get 20 off plus free shipping with code giants at manscaped.com that's 20 off plus the free shipping with code giants at manscaped.com we don't know who you're picking as a flex this season but we do know you'll be flexing in your southern region with Manscaped. Your footballs will thank you.
0: Thank you to Manscape. Speaking of which, all I needed was Aaron Rodgers to not totally crap the bet, and I would have won my week one fantasy game, but he crapped the bet. That's probably the most
1: bizarre thing that happened this weekend. Frankly, you know, we're looking at week four, and now we're shaking our boots a little bit more.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I My take of the Saints may not be as good as people think uh, is wrong. All right, let's talk about the offensive line. In this screwed-up world, where the one thing that, like, there's really, like – you're not really looking for like any confidence in there. Like you're not spinning that at all. Like ah, oh, the offense, like the offensive line looked good. The defense looked horrible, and the offensive line, for the most part, looked good. They didn't look like you know the the best offensive line in the league, but they looked good. Let me get some stats out of the way first before we talk about individual play. Um,
1: according to the NFL game book, which is pretty much on par with uh, with Pro Football Reference, two QB hits allowed, two sacks. One of them was in garbage time. So one of the QB hits. And it
0: was the it was the play where they um Parrott and Thomas and Hernandez like didn't realize the ball was snapped. So kinda like night came really like I don't know what happened on that, but it's not like poor O line it's poor O line play, but you know what I mean. Both those QB hits and both those sacks came by Von Miller.
1: Now, Jones's average time before the release today was at two point five eight seconds. So even though that's relatively quick where he averaged last year two point seven six seconds, and believe it or not, that quarter of a second is like uh You know, it's a a lifetime of a difference in the NFL, especially when we're talking about throwing the ball. I do take that as a win for the offensive line, which at least the pass blocking unit had very minimal expectations, but the run blocking offensive line is a different story. So Bobby Skinner, go ahead, go for it.
0: Well, part of the run, and it's so hard to watch from the TV copy, but I think some of the run issues were them giving them an extra man in the box, you know, and it's like, well, there's someone that's gonna go unblocked. And it seemed like they were running some zone stuff, which is like I thought we kind of got away yeah. from that.
1: And also, uh Saquon Barkley, I don't really know if I fully like this metric. Um still valuable. He didn't look it. good.
0: I'll be like he did Say, not look explosive.
1: According to NFL next gen stats, Saquon Barkley was the least efficient running back in the NFL this past weekend. That metric takes into account how long you're spending behind the line of scrimmage, um, how much you're running east and west versus north and south. Now, granted, is he trying to bounce runs because he's looking for a hole and the run blocking was bad? I don't know, but hey, it's, it's, it is becoming too much of a common trend in Saquon Barkley's kind of ten years so far, at least at the start of 2020 and now the start of 2021. It's tough to judge. It's his first game back out there, but he was the least efficient running back in the National Football League this past weekend, so that's that's that.
0: Wonderful, what a wonderful stat. <laughs> um, Andrew Thomas played damn near flawless. Now I will say Bradley chubbed in a play, so you know take it with a grain of salt. And we've seen Andrew Thomas have good games before. And Von Miller primarily lined up on the right side; he did not line up on the left side. Yeah, I don't think he faced Von Miller at all. Um, so you know, don't take a vi- I, you know I'm not taking a victory lap on Andrew Thomas, but you know what, he looked good that last time he's on the Patriots game. He looked bad, you know, and the story came out that it was sick. I don't know how much I like. You know, I, I I, I, don't like to get into the weeds on that stuff. Like, either you play good or you play bad. Um, There's a couple of reps where he could have got beat inside, but he recovered well, which was almost like a good thing. It's like, okay, you're not worried about getting beat around the outside. Like, he was winning his reps and winning them good. He wasn't just getting guys around the corner, which at times he's done. Like, he looked really good. And then at left guard, Shane Lemieux played essentially the first half. Ben Bredesen played the second half. Lemieux looked pretty damn good, too not flawless but Bredesen had issue, like had some bad plays too you know not disaster plays but like the O line report like I am very interested to see like compare those two because I was ready after this game to be like Ben Bredesen should start but I didn't see anything from Shane Lemieux that says oh Ben Bredesen should start but I saw some good really good run blocking plays by Lemieux Bredesen had some decent ones too so like you know some 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 hope there now Denver doesn't have the greatest interior d line. Gates look fine, um, but he got in. By the way, Teddy love Bridgewater, it. what an asshole he is! Like seriously, strap your helmet on. That was such garbage. He kept on ha- like he was had a loose helmet on purpose, and would fall every time he hit the ground. The helmet would come off, and and like and then the one like the third time it happens, they call a penalty. So yeah, Dan- Danny Shelton
1: got screwed out of that. Where
0: Danny Shelton literally
1: came up and he's like,
0: I, I did a somersault over him.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to give my body up to not hit this dude. He got up literally like put his hands up and then
0: you know, the flag gets called in. Yeah. That's baloney. So um, Hernandez missed some stuff out of those three guys, you know, from the TV broadcast, Hernandez looked the worst, which is kind of frustrating. Solder did not look good at all. It um, wasn't as he wasn't a total train wreck. He was definitely like letting guys around the edge kind of thing, but Jones honestly kind of did a decent job stepping up in the pocket, which has not been a theme of Daniel Jones career. No. Um, but that's, that sack. And I might just post the clip and not like put a caption on it. It might be the most embarrassing of soldiers like that. I've seen as a Giants. like he, like he looked like a wobbly baby deer. Like it, it it was embarrassing. Like it was like, what are you doing? He's like standing straight up. His knees are like shake. Like it was the weirdest rep I've seen from Nate Soldier. Um, yeah, seemed to do like spin moves in the middle of reps. So there's, I mean, he wasn't, you know, he it, it, it wasn't getting blown away every single play. So I guess that's kind of a win for Solder. parent I'll be honest. I haven't re, I didn't re the Parrot snaps. It was in garbage time. I know people will bring up that rep where they, you know, where like they blew past him, but like, it wasn't Parrott's bad technique or not punching that caused him to just not get off the ball when the ball snapped. There was clearly some type of miscommunication. You know, I don't think Parrot was just like, ah, eh, you know what? I- I'm gonna, on this play, I'm just gonna stay in my stance for an extra half a second. So yeah. that's that. I mean, it is kind of crazy that the O line is the the brightest spot in a very in this game.
1: Yeah, it's just the, the fact that running the ball was non existent. I mean, that, that's that's the thing, and uh, you know, the, clearly this team wants to have that as part of their identity, and it just it wasn't there. You know, whether it was because they're running in the stacked boxes and a guy's coming in here last second, but the we were most concerned about pass blocking, and that is a non it is a non storyline heading into Monday. So you know, if you want to win, there's a win, and Nick Gates getting in somebody's face. I don't know who it was, but you know, after Daniel Jones gets hit late, you know, and really it. it I don't know. I don't even know if they should have called that, but the fact that they called it on Teddy Bridgewater and that was BS. You needed to call that, and that was more egregious. And the fact that Nick Gates was the first guy to get in somebody's face, um, you know, that just let us know that we're back. So, um, can we also shout out before we move to the defense? Um, can we just shout out Sterling Shepard, please? Shout him out. I'm shouting him out. Seven, seven receptions, nine targets, um, so that's more than a 70% catch rate. So welcome back, Sterling Shepard. 113 yards, 16.1 average uh, per catch, um, and 37 yards was his longest, and he had, obviously had the big touchdown with the 37-yarder. Um, Sterling Shepard was pretty much one of our only sources of yards after the catch um, last year, and really, I mean, what he showed today was a tremendous, tremendous individual effort at getting separation again and yards after the catch. And even some of the, you know, routes in the intermediate part of the field where he was targeted. I think there was like a third and short where he was targeted. I mean, somebody was there was corner that was just draped on top of him. And he just makes a quick little catch on a slant. And, you know, sterling Shepard's unbelievable. And really, you know, there is a reason why, you know, he he is a lot of people's favorite Giants player. And really the player that you feel most bad for, because he's been a part of, you know, he's been a part of the the winning source of twenty sixteen. But he's also been a part of also the most losing over the course of twenty seventeen to right now so you know if there's a guy that you feel bad for especially when you consider that the dude's brains are probably a bunch of, it's probably a bunch of mashed potatoes up there with the seventeen thousand concussions that he's had and the dude's out here and he's playing he's playing his ass off and he's the best and most reliable weapon that daniel jones has had since daniel jones has stepped onto the football field so shout out to sterling Shepard. i mean he player of the game and you know there's a reason why last year i was calling him the most important giant um because he is he, he really is so and
0: and shout out to Kadarius Tony for you know coming in on the first drive of the game. They use him as a gadget player, and then like all right, that's enough. Uh, we we'll play with you next week. Yeah, uh, S- significant.
1: To he was going to have a significant role in the game, Bobby.
0: It looked like he was, and then <laughs> they was like, no, we just kind of put you in the in the first games the game script, and then like all right, we uh we don't actually want you to line up at wide receiver. It's
1: not like, Which, like by the defense, way I made a. It's not like the defense I, was thinking that. Kadarius Tony might be used the first time that he's on the field, right? It's not like they were actually maybe. Oh, look, here's this guy that they said that they wanted to use openly. He's on the field. Maybe we should be prepared for them to use him.
0: What I feel really dumb about is that Elijah Moore had negative three yards today, and a lot of people, you know, made their LOL like, oh, the Giants took Kadarius Tony over Elijah Moore jokes. So I put out a tweet being like, Kadarius Tony has uh, three more yards than Elijah Moore so far in his career. Um, Giants kick off soon, like a you know, ha ha, you know, ha <laughs> ha. Take that, draft uh, douches, and Kadarius Tony has negative two yards, but he, so he still does have one more yard than uh, Elijah Moore. How about that? How about I'll probably that? tweet that out tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you think it'd be a simple game getting Kadarius Tony open in to space? A simple game of matching answers to trivial questions. What is? What am I talking about? I'm talking about Match Five Trivia. It's the game they sent me, and I kind of like it comes with 320 game cards with many different topics so it's fun for anyone and everyone like you can do teams you can do single teams and it's basically like like some of the best cards have like sports oriented questions like name the five best pitchers of all time and it's you got to like try and match it like it's a fun game and you don't have to be smart to play it either so that's why you know they're a perfect uh sponsor for justin
1: yeah we are i am dumb i was about to say we are dumb but i guess not we
0: I am no, good. I'm big-time, like, throw-you-under-the-bus type guy. This Love game it. creates fun discussions and friendly disagreements, like when you're talking about Jason Garrett with your, your cousin, uh, Jeff. Um, they don't have, oh, that's another thing. Jason Garrett can't use the excuse that they didn't have time to throw the ball downfield. They did. It only takes three to play, and there's no limit. Save 15% off your order now when you use the code JOHNBOY. Get your copy of Match 5 Trivia Game by going to Match. 5 triviacom so I need to spell this out for them it's match5trivia.com the number five trivia.com and save 15% by entering code John Boy they played it on um, John Boy and Jake Radio and they did a segment on it because I got, I got it in the mail and I was like what is this and then I saw they were on it and then I found out they're sponsoring so oh. go, go to match5trivia.com and uh, play this simple fun game with your friends alright the defense Why don't you start where you got to see it from like the all 22 angle. Yeah. Like where, where are you at with the defense? Well, here's my fun stat about the defense through the first three quarters, Bobby, how many, uh,
1: minutes are in the first three quarters of a football game? A little math 45. question. 45. You are correct. The Broncos held the ball out of those 45 minutes for 29 minutes and 58 seconds. For those at home, that's two seconds away from 30 minutes through three quarters. The Broncos basically held the ball for 30 minutes out of forty-five minutes. That's not great. So the problems that plagued the Giants defense last year in terms of getting off the field on third down and fourth down, it was on that was on steroids. That was on steroids. And what I saw from my all twenty two kind of view, because it is tough to see, you know, what they're doing with the safeties and what they're doing with the corners behind the you know in the in on TV for the T V broadcast. I'm not going to go out and say that they ran man man coverage more than zone, but I am going to say that they ran single high safety. They ran a lot of man. A whole lot more. They they ran more man than they normally did last year. But I yes, still do far, think, by far, I still do think that they mixed in zone coverage.
0: Yeah, no doubt. But like, but like, if you would, if they would have played this game plan like week 15 last year, it's like, where the hell did this come from? You know, yeah. like all this man coverage. Which I you don't know, think... I, I'm not even really hating on. Like, this is what they... This is why they went and signed guys like Adore Jackson. This is why they drafted Aaron Robinson. Now, Aaron Robinson is on IR right now, which might be, like, you know, Aaron Robinson's a clearly better man coverage corner than Darnay, or at least it, when you look at them as draft guys, draft prospects. But, as far as this game... And, I will say, paired with Vic Fangio being ballsy on fourth down made a difference. Like, like let me, let me go through it. Like, the fourth and seven, um, in this like the second drive of the game, it would have been a fifty-four yard field goal attempt. Now, Brandon McManus probably makes that um if they even attempt it. But they did go for it and they, you know, they got an easier field goal. So they get three points still. So let's just say that that's a wash. But it could it could be three. The next one's a fourth and two. Yes, it was the one at the end of the half, fourth and two. They would have that would have been a punting situation. It would have been zero points. That's seven points. That's the Giants going into the half without a lead, compared to you know having a lead. So that's that's an extra seven points. And then the other one, fourth and one was after a third and eight, um, and they scored that touchdown. They would have kicked a field goal there. So that's a difference between four points. So they added a minimum of you know eleven points by going for a fourth down, maybe maybe fourteen points, and to give the Giants D a little bit of a pass, they defended the third and long plays. Like they were trying to stop them to get them the fourth down. You know, like two of them were like, hey, did we allow catches? Yes, but we allowed catches below, you know, in front of the sticks. And then credit the Vic Fangio for going. And it's hard to defend fourth and two. It just is. You know, there's a, when you have two yards to gain that the entire playbook is open for the offense. And it was just k- kind of some bad execution on the players. Xavier McKinney and, and, and Aziz Ojalari should have had like drive ending sacks. And they didn't, and Teddy Bridgewater escaped them like it was Lamar Jackson and made big plays out. one was a touchdown, and Blake Martinez missed a tackle, which Blake Martinez was balling, and then he misses that play. Yeah, I
1: mean, Blake Blake had an insanely good game, and then he makes that – you know, he misses that one tackle, and that's what's going to define his day. I believe Leonard Williams could have had a sack too on a Teddy Bridgewater scramble. Yeah,
0: another one. There was like three times where Bridgewater looked like Michael Vick out there, the way he was yeah, escaping guys was crazy and completing passes. Crazy. So you're right. They did – they ran – Single high man coverage. And then, you know, and this is why I'm not going to map, like James Bradbury on that drive before the half gave up two big catches. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like they were, they did pick on Darnay Holmes a little bit and Darnay Holmes had a horrible penalty and Joe Judge was killing him on the Oh, he afterwards.
1: he eviscerated uh, him.
0: Yeah. When he came off the field, Judge took the
1: headset off and everything and he was yelling, he was yelling him for a good like 10 seconds. It was, it was cool to cool to see on the sin, sideline. Yeah, that was and that was just a dumb penalty. That was a frustration penalty by Darnay Holmes. Can't have that. Penalties kind of define define their define their game too. Um, you know the missed sacks and the penalties make this hurt a lot more for this defense. And hopefully they can execute at least that part of it, um, on on Thursday. But I think there, I I do think there are bigger problems though. You know the, the fact that, his, yeah, oh, no, go
0: ahead. ahead. No, no, you go. The defense should not be panicked about. It was a very bad game from the defense. But I don't. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not panicking about the defense. I still think this defense is going to be really good. This year. I mean, look at last year. Look at last year. Pittsburgh, week one, they try to run some man covers. They got beat by it. Week three, Nick Mullins carved the defense up. Nick, like Nick Mullins. This defense is has added talent and is a better defense. Now maybe we can like you know quell some of the top five stuff. But defenses take a little longer than offenses to get the season going. Yeah, uh, which is frustrating about the Giants offense (laughs) yeah um like you know it's like you put out stuff on on paper and it's like okay the defenses adjust to what you've what you've shown unfortunately the Giants ran with the exact same stuff they just added Kenny Galladay and Saquon Barkley to the mix who who Saquon didn't look good um so like I'm sorry I'm I'm not like this defense should not be panicked about like it is an extremely talented good defense and you know it's they just weren't great in man coverage, and the, but they had time. That is, that's where the one worry could be, though, is that they don't really have anyone that's getting there, you know, consistently. They yeah. were trying to do these five man blitzes with one single high safety in man coverage, and that's not going to be enough. That's just not. It's it's not going to be enough. Maybe Denver did a, a better job than most, but they um they struggled to get to the QB quick, which a lot of teams do. But they got to kind of change the game uh, game plan approach going forward
1: yeah I feel like Giants are trying to run a lot of stunts I've seen a lot of stunts being run Teddy Bridgewater's average time to throw was 3.03 seconds which if you have a quarterback that's throwing the ball and that's the average his average time to throw is over three seconds he's got time <laughs> he, he's got time to throw also the thing with that was really frustrating about what Denver was doing I mean also let's let's just give them credit too where Giants defense did play Pat bad
0: Shermer.
1: let's give Denver and Pat sure good for Pat Shermer too he came up with an incredible game plan. I want to count. I'm going to rewatch the game tomorrow. God willing, the condensed version's up tomorrow because I really don't want to go through two hours and 54 minutes of footage. Almost every single pass attempt was play action. Every single one was it that the the run was working for Denver and you know play. You have to abide by play action regardless of whether the run is working or it's not working. You just have to. You have to, and the Giants' defense was relatively good last year, and I'd st- I still say that they were relatively okay with play action this game in terms of not allowing a big play, but the death-by-a-thousand-cuts mentality that Jason Garrett wants to have, that was manifested by Pat Shermer today, and guess what? He abandoned the run game. He abandoned the run game. You would see a run you know, maybe once once every two first downs, and if we just try to keep a defense honest, there came a point early in the game where they were running the ball a lot, and then there came a point in the game where they're like, you know what, it ain't working. We ain't running the ball on this Giants good, really good defensive line, and Blake Martinez was making all the freaking tackles in the world. That ain't gonna work. So they ran the so they threw the ball, and they threw the ball by the death of the by the death of the thousand cuts that Jason Garrett wants to have, and they abandoned the run, which good for Pat Shermer, and they set it up a play action ton of crossing routes and that's why it made me we feel don't like run I was... any
0: crossing routes over the giants and the one that we did was a sterling shepherd touchdown
1: yeah you know and i and honestly pat Shermer ran today what beat his defense and this is why it's so funny what beat his defense in 2019 which he never really got control of his defense as a head coach what beat that defense in 2019 and led to so many explosive plays was crossing routes. And that's, you know, Bob Papa talked about it in 2019. Um, Carl Banks talked about it in 2019 every week. And it's funny how he was talking about it again today. Where he was talking about those crossing routes and, you know, kind of Teddy Bridgewater play action. You roll out the pocket a little bit. It gives you time to sit because the defense is honoring that run for a half a second. So that's also probably it too, Bobby, if we're being real, you know, that pass rush not getting there. It's that defense has to honor that play action for maybe half a second. And then it's like, all right, well, now we're going to the quarterback. So that's also it too, where play action is a legal form of cheating in the NFL. And Pat Shermer ran it a shit ton today. And, you know, it, it was the death by a thousand cuts that Jason Garrett wants to do, but it was done by Pat Shermer today. And they abandoned the run.
0: Yeah, It's it's hard to play man coverage when the QB has time. You know, that's just the reality of it. And Darney Holmes was bad when he was put in man coverage. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, like in you know, Pep like like Pep was like, you know, it wasn't like they were burning him, but it's like it's just hard to cover guys in man coverage. Yeah. It's like the hardest thing to do in football is cover guys in man coverage when they have time. When you know they're not gonna have time and you know your blitzes are gonna get there and, and there's someone that can get there, it it makes it a big difference. Yeah. So I I think Patrick Graham, you know, people you know, people were like, Oh, I think we maybe like Patrick Graham a little too much. And like, no, he we you like him just enough, like no, the right beat. amount. Got yeah, but it's like it's, it's you know he's not going to have a, you know a flawless games for the rest of his career. Yeah, um,
1: I still am concerned though. I mean, I I, and I think
0: what's your biggest concern?
1: My biggest concern is getting getting beaten man coverage by talented skill position players because you know uh, Atlanta has some talented skill guys. Washington definitely has some talented skill guys. You know, I know, I know some some guys are hurt uh, on their end, but you know the NFL is filled with a lot of talented skill position players and i know we have the cornerbacks to do it and you know they got to get gelled and you know there's there's some new people here there's some new people there i i get it blah 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 but you know my concern is running that man coverage and this is also this you could take that as a positive you could take this stat as a positive for the defense or you could take it as a negative so cpoe completion percentage over expected that's basically measuring how accurate is a quarterback above his expectation using the players tracking data so Teddy Bridgewater's CPOE today was plus fourteen point two, where his expected completion percentage was sixty three point sixty three point six. His actual completion percentage was seventy seven point eight. So what that means is that certain balls that next gen the the metric and the CPOE metric was tracking certain balls were not expected to be completed, but they were. So that could either be if you want to be a a, a positive a positive positive person for this defense. You can look at that and say, oh, well, that's not going to happen every game. Those 50-50 balls of maybe there's tight, contested coverage, that's not going to happen every game. There's going to be more pass deflections, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can be a pessimist and you could say, well, even though the man coverage is tight, you know, it's not like you're playing zone defense where if you're throwing past the sticks a decent amount, it's not like you got to come back, come up, and make the tackle. Because if you're throwing past the sticks and you completed a man coverage, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have tight coverage or not. You're still allowing a first down. So, I don't know uh, I I'm just Here's why I'm not ugh. worried
0: it's because time. Patrick Graham will see that and adjust we see we have you know we have proof of him being a guy who adjusts you know and he kind of started off he started off last year kind of the same way you yeah. know what I'm saying so he's going to adjust and he does different things at like every single game that he coaches he does different things you know even not just like adjusting to a bad performance like he adds new wrinkles every game so I I that's why um Unless there's unless there ends up being serious injuries, like I'm just not worried about this defense. It's going to get better, okay? Like I'm not overreacting to week one with this defense. I know they played bad today, but you know what? They played bad. They played. They got gashed by Nick Mullins last year, and we ended up really liking what the defense turned yeah. out to be. So that's just so um, bad. I mean, yeah, the, it's, possessing, it's bad in the moment, but it's just long term. I'm not worried about it. Possessing the ball
1: for 30 minutes out of 45 in the first three quarters, and and that's why you know I, I know like. All right, so let's... let's. I hate to do this. This is kind of like a sports radio thing. If you had to split the percentage out of 100%, the percentage of who to blame for the loss today, I would go 65-35 leading defense. That's the reason why we lost today. I just don't think they didn't... They didn't give our offense enough shots today. That's, that's my take. You got to get off the field on third and fourth down. You got to.
0: I will say... And I hate to do this because I know it's a stupid question. But at the same time, it's like the offense put up seven points and so the last drive of the game.
1: Well, well, I know. But also, they, they they didn't get their shot. Bobby, 30 minutes out of 45, they held the ball. They held the ball through three quarters. And it's not because the Giants were just punting. You know what I mean? If the Giants were just going three and out, three and out, three and out, I would get more upset. But... You know, they produced that explosive play on the first drive. They punted, and, you know, that punt, I hate how that special teams, special teams, they could have pinned Denver down deep in their territory, but our stupid gunners, whoever, lets the I ball bounce Keon in the Crawl, back though. of the end zone. You know, was that Keon Cross, and we traded a six-round pick for him? You know, so that that that's frustrating within itself, too. So go, do you have a percentage for me, or are you not going to give me one? I'm not going to give you a percentage. Okay, you're going to
0: cop out. That's okay. I'll say 50. I'll say 50-50. Okay. Here's where I think you could be worried with the defense. It's not that you know, it's it's that they're going to need to be great for this team to be good. Yep. And that they might not be great. That's the I that's will be your worry with the defense is that the offense is going to be really bad again. Yep. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's just it's it's just frustrating that it's like not like oh, what if all these players play better or, or it's like it's just like this offensive. I feel like this offensive system is broke, and I just don't think it's going to get better. You know, I, 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 why, 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 what would give me the confidence to think it's going to get better offensively? Like defensively, I just laid out a bunch of reasons why you should, you know, so have some faith that I'll get better. Offensively, there's no reason to think it's going to get better. Do we think Daniel Jones is going to turn into Patrick Mahomes? No. Do we think Jason Garrett's going to turn into Andy Reid? No. You know, Saquon will be better. That'll, you know, that'll make a little bit of a difference. You know,
1: he dropped the ball. Did he? Yeah, he did. I mean, it wasn't real. I don't I know if it was going to go for much, but he did drop a
0: ball and hit him right in his hands. By the way, Devontae Booker laid a dude out on that catch um, yeah. down the to Shepherd.
1: Yeah, there you go. That kind of, he, worth it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: uh, um, a All nice right. catch too, where Jones to, kind of like missed him on the checkdown.
1: Yeah, it was great. Um, you want me to read the last stat, and then we can just you know talk just kind of BS for a little bit and talk about whatever we want to talk about.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah, I got, I got, a, I got, I want to talk about Joe Judge too. So, guys. And gals, we are super excited to share with you a product that is at, that is an absolute game changer. As you know, chewing tobacco, it's a rite of passage when it comes to football. However, times have definitely changed. It's 2021. I smoked a cigar today before the game. No, we aren't going to promote sunflower sleeves or coffee grinds. There is a new company out of Humboldt County, California, that have created a tobacco nicotine-free dip alternative with CBD that tastes great and really works. Cannabis CBD has... Mastered a discreet and fast acting way to consume CBD and has provided it in a format that could help you evolve your dip. Canada Dips CBD is offering our listeners a great offer. They are so confident you will love the dips and want to offer you 20% off site wide to help power your favorite team or fantasy squad into the playoffs by chewing tobacco. You have that power. Head to canadipscbd.com and use promo code GIANTS for 20% off site wide and become a hero with Canna Dips. These Dips CBD pouches are all natural, spitless, and are great to use wherever and whenever. No tobacco, no nicotine. Full flavor experience designed of for your enjoyment. And at 20% off with the code Giants. Why wait? So again, that is CanadipsCBD.com. Use promo code Giants for 20% off site wide and become a hero with Canada Dips. I'm
0: doing a tweet. You're help doing me a tweet. Help. Yeah, because I saw. A, f- a friend of the program saying, like, why am I seeing that um, Garrett's getting all the blame when Garrett's defense, uh, which is conversation. So I'm saying Patrick Graham has proven to be a coach who adjusts and changes game to game. So I'm not panicked about the defense. On the other, on the other hand, Jason Garrett rolled out the same exact offense and didn't even involve their new 17 mil. Let me find the number sign. 17 mil wide receiver. Sure. Feature. I'm going I'm to change it from involved to feature. Anything else I should add to that?
1: No. And also, I mean, not using their first-round pick that they said that they were going to involve in the game plan too. So that's also a problem. That is great. I mean, that is that is. I I I know the game. This is gonna be a
0: Vincent Rapper sparta too, because I'm putting like three separate like little. I
1: I I do that sometimes. Um, miss him. Wish he were to come back to Twitter. Um, it is crazy though that. Contessa catch King, did it the first drive, and I know they run two high safeties. I know, I know, I know. Blah 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 blah. blah. They still
0: give him like there's still chances against that, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's just crazy that you have the that contested catch king and you don't you don't even give him an opportunity. You know, I love that play action attempts that that play action attempt. Jones kind of plants his foot, steps up in the pocket, fires at the Galladay, and that was all. It was almost so like we a little did that contested catch. Year, you know, I, I I don't remember seeing that a ton last year. And Galladay you know, was a big target. You know, even even if there's not a lot of separation, you throw it to him. and Even if it's a little behind him, he goes and he gets that ball. Um, again, just, you know, you, you, you see, you see a first down play and you see a play and you see a passing play that's beyond the sticks on like a first and 10 or a second and long. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. And you're surprised by it. And that, that shouldn't be a surprising thing in, in today's NFL. So I kind I don't know if I want to end off on this, but my last little point that I have, um, I, I was mad at judge. I was very frustrated with Joe judge and there's very little that a head coach can do when he's not a play caller on the offensive or defensive side of the ball there's very little that a head coach can do to really have an impact on a game you know we're talking about timeouts in we're, game yeah in in game in game yes not obviously out, off the field um but in game when he's not calling plays there's very little that a head coach can do you know fourth down decisions and timeouts so that's that's basically it but that that challenge flag that he threw in the second half this wasn't a first this wasn't a first half challenge flag you can't do that. And he, you you can't do that. And he, his
0: explanation to... for it was even worse. He was like, I knew the rule, but I was just trying to get their attention. Like it was, it was a dumb, it would have been a dumb challenge, even if he was allowed to challenge it. Like it was a very bad explanation by him.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I kind of got the explanation at the end where he's like, I needed to get the officials attention and I knew the rule, but it's like, dude, you, you also need to know that every scoring play, even if the officials aren't. Going under the hood, even if the officials aren't going under the hood to look at it, you need to know that it is looked at. It is looked at by New York, it's or Secaucus, wherever wherever the in New York, you know, wherever the NFL headquarters are. So, um, I was very very frustrated because that's a second half timeout. That you know, if the Giants' defense doesn't blow it, and if the Daniel Jones doesn't fumble the ball, you know, if that's a close game and the Giants are driving down for a game-winning drive, and they need a field goal or seven points, I mean, that's a timeout that you don't have. So, I was very very frustrated by. Somebody who is all about discipline, not losing your composure. Uh, you know, if you get a 15-yard penalty during the game, like you, he ripped apart Darnay Holmes for getting that 15-yard penalty. You take a lap if you get too emotional and you have a late hit. You get if you get too emotional, you start a fight in practice. You take a lap, and he was absolutely he was absolutely livid that day during training camp. That is that team got into a fight. You can't lose your emotion like that and cost your team a timeout like that, especially when there's so little that you can do as a coach that impacts, like, in-game stuff. That was a very bad look, but he he, he knew he was wrong at the end, so I'm not going to harp on him too much. But
0: Yeah, my biggest worry is that you added new assistants to this offense and it's the exact same, you know? Like that, like, you know. So um, here's something that's going to be funny because you know how it goes. Like, lo- winning and losing is all that matters, you know, right? Yes. Like, winning, like, it's all that matters. So, we love, like, you know, what Joe Judge, how he handles the media. We love it. But if we start losing, I guarantee you, and I think I've probably seen it a little bit already, is, like, I'm so tired of him always having an answer for something. Like, I guarantee you that's going to be said by a ton of people. I guarantee you. Um, So, that's why, at the end of the day, all that matters is winning and losing. Yeah. So the expectation for this team is to win. Or, or like a lot of people are going to get fired. Maybe not judge, but a lot of people are going to be done with jobs if this team doesn't win.
1: And it'll it'll be a shame. It it really will be a shame if it is Garrett, and if it's because of the offense and Jason Garrett's the play caller, and that may be the only person that he didn't directly bring into the organization. It'll be a shame, you know. Really, it's it's a shame that the way Pat Shermer's tenure ended. You know, he didn't get the defense under control, but also he had to. Pay for some miscalculations in 2018 that the organization made. They've admitted that they made miscalculations towards the first half of Gettleman's tenure. They have openly admitted that. So Pat Shermer, in a way, had to pay for it. He was never a leader of men, um, but he had to pay for it. And uh, we certainly saw how good he could have been calling plays on the offensive side of the ball today. And then it'll be a shame if um, you know judge. Aven- I don't even want to talk about it, but there's there's always an excuse of something managerial, and it's getting kind of old. So.
0: All right. So it pisses me off that I couldn't tweet at Monty Ball or, or Ben Albright today. Like I, I really don't like Ben Albright. Like he's a, like he's just a liar in life. Like I don't think he's a good dude, and he like his score prediction. We can't make fun of it. All right. Do you have anything else? Next two
1: opponents we have, and we'll talk about it in our game preview, but we'll next s- next ahead. two opponents we have. Winnable. What's, what's going on with Washington's quarterback situation and Philadelphia Eagles, which, you know, First as, place of, Eagles. <laughs> as of right now, they are a very bad football team. I mean, on paper, they are a very, very bad football team. Excuse me, voice crack. Um, they got blown out. Uh, Falcons got blown out by a very bad football team in the
0: Philadelphia Eagles. So
1: um, first next place two,
0: Eagles, put some respect on their name.
1: Next two games are games that we can easily win, <laughs> which is crazy to say. And, you know, maybe we don't have any right to say that, but short week, this will be a short memory week and go out there, win, start the season one and one and we'll forget all about this Sunday and we'll have
0: all the optimism in the world. So let's rock and roll. Yep. So, schedule-wise, we'll be back on Thursday because we have the Thursday night football game. Our preview will be out on Thursday, and then we'll recap the game Thursday night and have that out for you on Friday. Um, So, you know, and then the week after, we'll do Tuesday, mailbag, and then Friday preview, and then for the rest of the year, we'll be back totally on track. Um, Expect
1: a – I'm going to try and get it done by Tuesday. I don't care if the stats aren't out because I know Wednesday we're going to be moved on. Wednesday we're going to be moved on, so expect sometime Tuesday – a talking like a stats report on the youtube page you know we'll see with the all 22 about the o-line report um but uh definitely expect a i'm gonna do it whether i film or not um the, the stats report on youtube too so
0: all right sounds good all right we will see you guys on thursday we appreciate you check out all our other supplemental content um for the time being thanks for sticking to the end of this episode and hopefully we're you know the next episode uh we're not listening to freaking beck We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's go big blue.